Welcome to Rag Trader Radio, a behind-the-scenes look at the latest in the Australian fashion industry. Klarna helps retailers to turn browsers into shoppers, attract, convert, and retain customers with flexible payment options and performance-driven marketing solutions. Learn more on klarna.com slash au slash business. and welcome to the first episode of Rag Trader Radio for 2022. My name is Imogen Bailey and I'm the Associate Editor of Rag Trader. Today, I'm joined by Country Road Managing Director, Elle Roseby. Elle is a highly respected retailer with more than 30 years of extensive experience at some of Australia's largest fashion retailers, such as Maya, Supre and Sports Girl. She has had the pleasure of leading Country Road for the past about four years now, um, repositioning it as a leader in the sustainable design space. Thanks, Elle, for joining me. Imogen, thank you so much. I've been so looking forward to this. Um, Before we start, Imogen, do you mind if I do an acknowledgement of Country? Absolutely not. Go for it. Thank you so much. Country Road celebrates the lands and waters that give us life into which the songlines, stories, songs, ancestors and dreamings of First Nations peoples are woven. May we pay respect to all First Nations people, past and present, for their generosity and custodianship of country. We demonstrate our respect for First Nations peoples through our commitments to environmentally sustainable business practices and to working collaboratively and ethically to increase First Nations inclusion in our business and the Australian fashion and lifestyle industry. Thanks, Imogen. Thank you so much for that, Elle. That's beautiful. Um, and speaking of sustainable and ethical practices uh, among Australia's First Nations fashion designers, Country Road has kind of been really trying to expand more in that space. And recently, you know, we've seen um, your Chadston flagship store. It was awarded a five-star Green Star Review um, certification rating. Uh, You've recently bought back um, or reissued your Heritage Sweat to be made in Australia and uh, from 100% Australian cotton, a a very limited run of that sweat. And then you're also an avid supporter, or Country Road, I should say, is an avid supporter of uh, Darwin Aboriginal Art Fair Foundation's Country to Couture Showcase. All of these things are bringing me to getting to the point of you've recently launched the Towards Circularity collection, which is essentially a collection made with some of Country Road's own garment waste in its manufacturing facilities. So, Elle, can you talk me through that process? I mean, what is involved in even trying to bring something like that to the market? Yeah, such a great first question. Um, I think, first of all, it starts with a mindset. Uh, I really think that it starts with a mindset and a culture and a true belief of being responsible, of doing the right thing, um, and a true desire from the teams, whether that be our vendor base or our, uh, our design teams, of how we can work towards a more circular model. And, and when, when you think about that, um, what our design teams did with our supplier is that they said, well, here is the heritage sweat. You know, that is our number one selling item. It's the number one selling item across men's, kids, you know, uh, and and women's. So it is a beautiful garment. But there is also waste fabric that comes from that garment. 
you know, when uh, valuable fabric is actually lost, when a gut, when the fabric is laid down and it's cut, you know, and so there's waste then. Then there's when the when the fabric is then uh, put through and, and checked for faults. There's there's also you know fabric wastage then as well too, but also when that so that fabric is coloured up. Uh, and there could be flaws in the fabric, or even when the garment is made, there can also be flaws in the garment. And so, all of a sudden, this you know this heritage sweat, which is our number one item, does have garment waste associated with it. So instead of discarding this fabric, what could we actually do with it? How could we actually remake? What could? How could we repurpose this fabric? And so the design team really started with that mindset. This real belief mindset, um, and and that they really wanted to do something in, in a way that was really using our own waste, and so I think that that's really important in all of this. So because after the, if if you don't have that mindset and you don't have that belief system, um, then the process is going to get really tough and hard. Yeah, because it, it means a big big change to the way that you're currently doing your design, to the way you're currently running your business. So really working with um, Cation, and Cation is a vendor that's been in our business. You know, they're, they're part of the CR family. I mean, they've been with us for 10-plus years. And so really what we said to them is, this is what we'd like to do. They said, absolutely, let's work on this together. But we need to, they need to find new ways, new methods to collect waste. You know, so, you know, in, in the past, you know, that waste might have been discarded, but actually now how are they going to reuse that waste? How are they going to sort that waste? And then how are they going to reprocess that, that waste with virgin cotton? So I think that the team really overcame some really important logistical, technical challenges, um, and, they, and really they had to come up with a new process, a new way of working. And they also had to work more collaboratively with that supply base as well too. Um, so I think that, uh, you know, it, 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 it was an intent, a belief system, and the power of that belief system then drove this real process of innovation. Um, and it even created new roles as well too within Cation. And you talk there about the, I guess, the processes that have to change. Can you talk me through, I guess, a specific um, part of that process that changed in terms of collecting that waste even or, or changing the design to be aware that the waste was going to be used? Yeah. So, first of all, when we're talking about that waste, what's that size and scale of waste? You know, I mean, we're talking potentially 100,000 kilograms here of waste. So, um, you know, so it's a really big problem that we're really trying to solve here. And so one of, the, one of the first parts is, so you can imagine that, you know, along the way, as these garments are being made, waste is being created. So, how, how, so you've taken the waste, but actually how are you going to sort it out? How are you going to collect the waste? How are you going to sort the waste? And then once you do have that waste, what is that then best yarn to spin with that new with that waste to make sure that if you are going to be producing a garment that it's still to the quality standards and expectations and washability and wearability that of course we have you know as an organization so sorting it working that out you know how they're going to do that along the production process then what that yarn was it that, that they were going to mix with it to make sure that it was still a stable fiber but then the spinning of that yarn and the knitting of that yarn to guarantee the quality. So certainly from a process operationally, that was the most technically challenging. Um, so it, it, it's really bought, I think, for our vendor as well too, you know, they, they've had to invest, 
you know, money on this too, you know, so there was investment required, um, you know, making sure that they could do this. And, and, it's, and it's been about a 12-month-plus process um, of working together. Um, but they're probably some of the bigger challenges and biggest kind of learnings that we've had. Um, I think the other great one for us is that it has created um, new demand for roles in that company uh, because before that waste has been discarded, now there's actually, they're saying that it's almost like people that want to get into the industry, first kind, first level people coming, trying to come into the industry, it's really kind of opened up that opportunity at that supply base for people to come in, be exposed to the garment industry and actually have that type of role, um, which is really, really exciting too. I think the other part to this, what did we learn is, well, what we know is it doesn't matter how circular a garment is or how responsibly made it is, it has to be desirable. So in this process, because as you can imagine, those garments have already been dyed, there is consideration to what colours we can use. Um, so there is limitations in our design process, but you can't let that get in the way of designing a really beautiful garment. And I think that that's that beautiful harmony that the design team have found with that supply base of still making sure that it is a highly desirable product. Mm. And there's so much in it. I mean, you said it was a 12-month process and I, I can only imagine, you know, the level of detail that it's going in. But I wanted to pick up on something interesting that you sort of said there and I think probably it, it might be an indication of uh, how businesses more globally and, and uh, outside of just Country Road can really get into this circular space is actually employing people to sort through the waste and, and making the waste like a valuable resource. Do you think that that's something that maybe businesses can kind of look at as a, a wider, more practical way, I guess, to taking that step towards circularity? Yeah, I, I think, imagine there's a lot of technicalities around fabrication. Uh, and and we're I think we're very fortunate that we've got a vertical operation with Cation that does their spinning as well too. So they had the technical expertise within that factory to say this is actually what we can do with the waste. So I think it depends on what your supply chain can do uh, and where do you start uh, and, and a cotton-based fabric is, uh, and I'm, 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 I don't want to simplify this, but it is um, a little easier or less complex in some of our more complex, oh, co more complicated fabrications. Um, so I, I think it just depends on, yeah, on, on who your supply base is, um, you know, what those fabrics are that you're using, um, and then that investment that's required. Because this isn't just something that we're going to do and stop. I mean, this is actually a new way of working for us as a business. So. You've got to commit to that vendor as well to say, this just isn't a nice little program here that we're going to put in and just let's see how it goes. This is actually game changing for the way we design. It's game changing for the way that we look at product, the way we design product, the way we even source raw materials. How do we source raw materials from, um, from, you know, recycled or repurposed materials? First of all, instead of always going straight to, you know, a raw material that's come out, you know, a, a raw fiber that's come out of the ground. So I think it depends on the mindset of the business and what you're truly prepared to push and drive through your organization or, or brand. 
And you talked there too about, you know, towards circularity, not just being a a one-off thing or a a thing for show, that it kind of is going to change the way you do things at Country Road and how you design. So I'm assuming that means there's going to be more collections that are coming, that more extensions of this kind of way of doing things? Uh, Absolutely, Imogen. Wow, the the design team are, uh, you know, they're so energised. Yeah, they absolutely. Every I think actually people just want to do the right thing. You know, we we are so fortunate that we work in this beautiful creative industry, and how fortunate are we that we actually get to, you know, be uh, inspired by not only vendors internationally, you know, vendors in China, but also what's even happening in the local marketplace. And so when you're seeing this innovation coming through. I mean, I, I think what we're very fortunate, I mean, we've got this incredible brand. It's an iconic Australian brand that can really leverage that and really showcase it. So it, it is just the beginning of our of our journey. I mean, we're, you know, it, it has been a commercial success for us, which is very important. But it is just, yeah, it, it's part of our continuing journey of where we're going and it's just going to get bigger and bigger and, and even more innovative, um, you know, in, in time to come, you know, in the next 12 months plus. Uh, I, th- I think for us, you know, it's also around, you know, how do we use more recycled materials? How do we use you know, more organically grown fibres within that? You know, Australian-made fibres and Australian-made is also part of that vernacular as well too that's really important to a brand like Country Road and I think also to the to the industry. I think, I think for me, a, a personal, um, you know, uh, I'm going to say love project of mine is our transparency project. Uh, and that is for us to really, truly increase our visibility of our supply chain. And we, and that's why we've called it the Transparency Project. And this is really an initiative that shows the journey of how our products are made. So where that raw material, where, the, where that raw material, that yarn has actually come from, to then be spun into a, you know, to be spun, to then go through the production process, to go through the spinning, to go through the dyeing, to go through the making and eventually come to Australia. That true, you know, transparency of supply chain is something that we're working towards and we've already launched that with the Heritage Sweat um, and, of course, you know, we partner with Oritane um, and we can talk about that a little bit later on. But that that is really another part of our journey is, you know, we, we want to take you on the journey. We want to be able to we want you to know that whatever you're buying from us it's it's a really good garment you know and it's and and we're really considered with where we've actually sourced that from and who's been evo- involved along the way to produce you know something so beautiful so um there are, there are, there are quite a few different projects that we're working on but i think it always starts with that intent of um you know how how can we just do this better how can we just do this more responsibly and like you said, and and you you started your um you know time with me today by saying it is a mindset, and it's it's not just you know a project here, a project there, a little bit of work here, a little bit of work there. It really is making sure that the the business is aligned on that same goal of being more transparent, of being more circular, of being more eco friendly, sustainable. However you want to however you want to brand it, but obviously Country Road, you know, we started by saying a few things that you guys have done and you mentioned there about the heritage sweat. Can you talk me through some of your wider sustainability strategy or or your goals that you've got in mind and how you're kind of progressing towards those? Yeah, at Country Road, we have a net zero by 2040 target. 
Uh, and that, those goals are really group-wide, of course, as you know, encompassing WHL and our subsidiaries. So that's a really important target that we're working towards. And that's the really bigger why, you know, but our commitment the country road commitment to that is, you know, to Australian farmers and manufacturers to continue to grow. So Australian made, Australian sourced fibres, supporting local production is something that we started working with, you know, as you know, about 12 months ago, 18 months ago. Uh, and, uh, you know, you can see there with, the, with uh, you know, our, um, our uh, you know, reissued sweat and the, uh, and the T-shirt that we made for menswear, uh, along with our sheepskin programs that we do and leather belts and our beautiful scent range, that is something that we're going to be expanding on further. But I think coming back to our Australian sourced fibres, what we're really proud of there is because the due diligence that we work with, somebody like an, uh, an Oritane, that actually verify the origins of those Australian, of that Australian cotton and merino wool ranges, we can absolutely ensure higher quality, higher animal welfare standards and also better land management. And so in 2021, the Humane Society International actually ranked Country Road as a leader in responsibly sourced wool. Um, and, and that's a really proud position for us to be in. And once again, Imogen, it really inspires us just to do more in that field as well. You know, circularity, as you know, is a really key focus for us. And uh, we also work with Red Cross. So in our stores, you know, we've been working with Red Cross since 2011. And our partnership with Red Cross is about you know, we have a lot of customers coming in and they absolutely love their country road garments, but what do they do when they maybe they've fallen out of love with their beautiful country road top or shirt or pant? Well, you're able, of course, to, to bring that back into store and to donate that to Red Cross. And so we've donated, you know, about 250,000 pre-loved country road items that are no longer in landfill, that have actually gone to the Red Cross to be resold because of the quality attributes of a country road item. And this has also raised $750,000, you know, for the Red Cross programs. So that's a really another great example of why those quality attributes of country road are really important because the country road garments last. Your love of the garment might not last forever, but it's so nice that it can be passed on to somebody else who will love it and be able to wear it and it actually does good in the community. I mean, you mentioned before about the five-star green star design rating store first in Australian fashion retail, which we're really proud of. What we're more prouder of is that we've been able to roll out another 10 of those. And we are on an accelerated growth plan for the business and we are rolling more of those, um, more of those store designs out as well too. It's no use having a store design that looks great in one shopping centre that you can't roll out. That is absolutely what we're committed to as far as store design um, and it's great to see that rolling out into suburban shopping centres and doing incredibly well. I think the other part for us is, you know, um, as we, you know, support ethical trade and transparency across all the aspects of our production and supply chains, you know, we've also received an A grade ranking on, from Baptist World AIDS, you know, from their ethical fashion guide. Um, and so just it's, 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 I think it's really important for us, the work that we're doing, having those kind of advisory groups around us that really help us on our path to doing the right thing. Um, and as, you know, the other part to what we do is we work with, uh, we work with Landcare on a biodiversity project. Um, and this is where we work with cotton farmers, 
um, on the ground, such as the Carls and also the Watsons, and that's really to restore Australian farmlands by protecting soil health, improving water quality and enhancing habitats for threatened species like koalas. You know, we've... um, you know, in the last year, we've had 34 hectares of restoration work completed, six and a half, um, you know, kilometres of river frontage improved, and we've raised over $200,000, you know, that's been able to afford to do those things. So, you know, being having, having that mindset isn't just about producing beautiful garments, but it has ramifications through the supply chain and through everything that you touch, whether that be the soil health and the farmers or whether that be through the animals. Um, and, and that's what's really at the heart of what we, you know, do. It's just so sad about, you know, the floods that, uh, you know, our, you know our, our poor farmers are going through right now. Yeah, and uh, I can only imagine, you know, how difficult it would be for the farmers that you work with. You know, have any of yours been affected in, that are part of that biodiversity project? Yeah, look, it, it has sadly, Imogen. We received news of that um, just recently. Um, and uh, a lot of the planting work uh, that we had done over the last 12 to 18 months has been devastated by the recent floods in New South Wales. Um, but that's pretty – and that's so difficult for the farming community, as you can imagine, really difficult for us. Um, but I think what that does for us is it just makes you more determined to really support those farmers on the ground and, and just make sure that we get back there and we replant, you know, any of the lost vegetation and we just continue doing the work in that space. But isn't, doesn't that show the, the vulnerability of this incredible planet that we are so privileged to live on? Um, and it just inspires us to do more work. Mm. Absolutely. And I think, you know, with everything that we've sort of been through over these last couple of years, I think that that um, desire to support Australians and Australian businesses and Australian farmers uh, has has been increased, you know, and I think that it's fantastic that businesses are turning towards Australia first and deciding, you know what, let's see what we've got locally first before we look overseas for our supply. But I wanted to touch on something that you mentioned earlier about the stores as well, because I think the stores obviously play such an important part of the country road business. And I'd want to know how, aside from, I guess, the, the um, five-star design, how are the how are the stores and how are the store teams kind of communicating that sustainability message to the customers? Yeah, so we have, so, so within our stores, so if you were to walk into the stores, you can actually, um, we identify those products, um, through signage. Um, so you can actually see how we make those tables with yogurt pots and the types of fishing nets that we use, et cetera, et cetera. But we also have what we call our world teams. So we are committed to what we, we, we call our world. And, uh, and we have a head of community and impact. We have a community impact manager, Fabia. And so she has a team out there in all of our stores that are our world ambassadors. So they know everything that we're doing, um, whether that be through the five-star green star design or everything that we're doing with First Nations or whether that be through our sustainability projects, it's their role. They've put up their hand. They've said, that is something that I'm incredibly passionate about and I really want to drive that through not only my store but I also want to talk about that to our um, our staff uh, or to our crew uh, and also to our customers. So we think that that ambassadorship is really important and they're also learning 
learning so much about what we're learning ourselves and what we're doing. So that that real close link and that connection with our with our store teams and our support center here is really critical in actually getting that message out there. And uh, you talk there about kind of rolling out more stores with that green star design and um, looking ahead to kind of expanding the towards circularity collection and could just continuing that mindset through the business for, for this year and years to come. So, Elle, can you talk me through some of the kind of key things that you're excited about this year? What's Country Road really looking forward to? What have you kind of got on the cards that you just can't wait to talk about? <laughs> I, I think, uh, I mean, let, let you know, the, the last two years have been very challenging, as you can imagine. But I, I think that we're, you know, for us, it's all about investing in our future and setting ourselves up for this accelerated growth plan that we have. So if there was a word that I would use, it would be investment. It would be investing in our people, you know, in our teams. Uh, it's been very challenging these last two years. Uh, and not seeing our teams. So really putting in consideration around how we're going to invest in more training and development for our teams, particularly in leadership uh, and particularly around our first-line leaders. At the end of the day, they are the success of our organisation. So really investing money there. Uh, and then also thinking about how we bring back that remote workforce. So how do you rebuild the culture? back into, you know, an organisation. Not saying that it's, it, it's not fractured, but certainly it's been disrupted. So we've got to bring that back. And how do we embrace flexibility uh, still, uh, which is very, very important. I mean, the teams have done an exceptional job over these last few years. So, so really thinking about putting our people, you know, first and really investing that time and money uh, into our teams, absolutely critical. The next one then, we're going to be investing a lot more locally in locally made product um, and particularly around circular design initiatives. Once again, the investment is definitely required there because there's a lot of R&D that's required um, in circularity projects and there's some really fabulous ones that I'm quite excited about. I mentioned and one day, very soon, I'll be able to disclose that. But uh, I can't tell you sometimes the meetings that I'm really lucky <laughs> to attend and that's where I get my inspiration from as the Dang people it. we get to <laughs> <laughs> we get to work with, uh, but uh, you know, it, it, there is just some fabulous stuff going on in this in this industry around um, really rethinking waste. So that's where we're investing in uh, research and development with key uh, with key suppliers locally. Um, you know, to really ramp that up for us as an organisation, uh, and and then of course, you know, investing. You know, we're we're going to be refurbishing another ten stores. You know, that's nearly one a month, which is quite an accelerated program, and then also opening new stores as well too. So, I think that that word investing in is really really important, but it's investing in those things that are really going to matter, and those things that are really going to accelerate our growth and make sure that it's sustainable for time to come, because of course that's going to be achieved through our people. So uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to um, this year and beyond. Uh, and I think it's a, I think it's a line in the sand um, to say we've done a lot of great things, but now how we can accelerate it and really leap forward. 
Absolutely. And it sounds, I mean, business investment is sometimes a very dry subject <laughs> and um, to hear that it can be, you know, going towards these projects that really, I mean, it's no secret that the fashion industry, you know, really does have a, a pretty significant impact on the environment. And it's great to kind of hear, I guess, the other side of that coin, um, which is these are the things that we're doing and that we're working towards to try and help reduce that impact and try and make make things that are better for the environment and for better for the customers too. So, Elle, it's been a really enlightening chat with you this afternoon. Thank you so much for joining me on Rag Trader Radio. I really appreciate you taking the time to have a chat. And hey, look, if you're enjoying this episode of Rag Trader Radio, please head on over to our website and subscribe to our free daily newsletter. That's where you can get all the daily news about the Australian fashion industry straight into your inbox. That's ragtrader.com.au. Cheers. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Rag Trader Radio, produced by Southern Skies Media on behalf of Rag Trader. Owned and published by Yaffa Media. The views of the people featured on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of RagTrader, Yaffa Media, or the guest's employer. The contents are copyright by Yaffa Media. If you wish to use any of this podcast's audio, please contact us via the website or send an email to info at yaffa.com.au. You can subscribe to this podcast via your preferred platform and read all the latest news on Australia's fashion industry at ragtrader.com.au. You've been listening to a Yappa Media Podcast. Southern Skies Media.